welcome to the Nittany Blues Podcast. By Penn State fans, for Penn State fans. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Vince. Alright, welcome back everybody to another episode of the Nittany Blues Podcast. I'm your host Andrew, joined as always by my wingman and co-host Vince, and we are joined once again by our tailgating experts. We're going to have a roundtable discussion about Penn State's last game against Illinois and get their thoughts on Penn State's next matchup, the whiteout game against Iowa. So without further ado, let's start with some thoughts on last week's game. Now, this one wasn't as pretty as a lot of us uh, would have hoped, you know, some stretches of some offensive dysfunction, let's say. Uh, definitely uh, left some things to be desired, some things to be worked on for this next game against Iowa. Uh, but what were some things that you kind of took away from the game, uh, maybe some positives or negatives, or just kind of, you know, maybe some silver lining? So, Fred, let's start with you. What did you what did you think of the Nittany Lions in Champaign, Illinois? You know, to be honest, I don't know if I, I don't even remember any specific thoughts. So I'm just going to go general and and state the obvious. It was uh, not impressive. I was, you know, like you said, just sort of ho- hope, hoping for much more than that. Although I guess maybe not surprised, as we've brought up on on here several times, we seem to play down to whoever the opponent is. Um, but Given the people on the team, given the talent we have, I was especially sort of disappointed that um, we didn't get things going a little bit more offensively. Although, frankly, this whole season so far, again, starting with very high expectations, but I don't know that they've been met in any of the games. You know, they haven't been exceeded in any of the games, really. Um, even though, you know, at the end of the day, Bill, Bill and I have talked about it after the game, you look at... You look at things in retrospect, and it's like, oh, you know, actually, I don't know why we were that nervous. It went pretty well in general, but it never really feels like that. And this game, of course, was right there with it. I mean, you really wonder, without all those turnovers, what would this game have looked like? Yeah, I, 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 I turn it to Bill for more specifics. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I have more specifics, but... Oh, don't let me down, Bill. I, I rely on you <laughs> for the specifics. <laughs> well, we watched it outside, out back um for Did that. that affect like your analysis and your takeaways of the game <clears throat> yeah no, he, means he, by... was in the pool. he was in the pool for half of it so he doesn't really remember now <laughs> no 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 i watched the whole thing i had traumatic experience got stung by a yellow jacket three times <laughs> oh, huh. yeah it was it was awful i was like a shot but anyhow besides that um my my takeaways from it was you know it wasn't what we had hoped for like we weren't like world killers, but, and they did a good job of making Drew um, uncomfortable, but he didn't, he didn't do anything dumb. He didn't turn the ball over. He seemed to play within what they were giving him. And I really, I, I took a positive away from that, that, you know, from his development, I think he needed that. I think he needed to have it not be easy and have, you know, things not go exactly right. Um, you know, his, you know, a lot of times his receivers didn't give him any, any, uh, you know, any help by dropping some easy ones. But then the flip side of it is, is that he was definitely pressured. And the fact that there was obviously now 
you know, we didn't see at the time the thing was going, but in the replays, like there was obvious people open that he didn't see because he was looking at something else. Mm -hmm. And I, I just think I, I take it that away as a positive in the fact that he was able to see that and learn from that without it being a disaster. And so, yeah, I take it away as a positive. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't freaking crush him. Who cares? You know, we won and you know, we move on. Covered the spread. Yeah. <laughs> Which that's is all what really counts anymore. That's all that counts yeah. anymore. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. But, but yeah, we, we said something similar in our, in our post game recap where, you know, this kind of felt like almost like a coming of age moment for a college quarterback where you're going to very quickly run into a game where not everything is going to come so easy and so simply like there's going to be, you know, things that you haven't seen before, like a coach kind of preparing to make you uncomfortable, put pressure on you and stuff like that. And he was just, he was, you know, just kind of bawling at times, you know, kind of reminiscent of Sean. Obviously he's not as fast, but he's not afraid to take a hit. You know, he's not afraid to, you know, if nothing is truly open downfield. Obviously he's going to keep his eyes downfield 99% of the time, but those couple of times he just kind of tucked it and ran like dude, the dude's a load. He can, he's, he's a tough one to bring down. So, um, you know, I, I think that we can uh, take a little bit of solace in that, you know, the guys, the guy's not afraid to take a hit. And, and Franklin was definitely so comfortable with the thing that we saw number nine for more time than I really would have expected. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess when you, the other quarterback is just practically begging the other team to take the ball away from him, <laughs> you tend to feel okay with the 23 point lead. So we won't dwell too much on that. I mean, obviously it wasn't like the prettiest performance. So let's talk about Iowa. Um, there's a ton of intrigue around this one because it's a whiteout game. First time Penn State's going to be playing a ranked opponent this season, but there's a bit of history here. You know, a couple of years ago, uh, top four matchup, Penn State goes into Iowa, uh, Sean Clifford goes down, PJ Mustafer goes down, a couple of other players go down. You have Iowa fans booing said injured players. You've got Iowa coaches mocking said injured players. And after the game, uh, Kirk Ferentz even doubled down on said behavior and said that the fans, quote unquote, smelled a rat. So there's still some guys on this team who remember that game. And, you know, there's even some instances here where their siblings were involved in this game. I mean, look at look at Liam. Uh, you know, he remembers seeing his brother get knocked out of that game. So they're like guys, guys will remember this one. And obviously the fans do, too. I mean, I've I can't tell you how many times I've seen on Facebook already this week uh, clips and videos of the fans like mocking PJ or something like that. Like I've seen the same clip like posted by 50 different people, but so what are your, what are your thoughts on, on this game? I mean, it uh, obviously I was coming in with a pretty good defense of their own. Um, I think it's fair to say that they're probably going to look to emulate a lot of what Illinois was doing defensively uh, because they saw that it, you know, was preventing, Drew Aller from completing 75 to 80% of his passes like he was the first two weeks. So what are your thoughts on this game? Like, what do you think Penn state needs to do to kind of prepare itself for victory? And, you know, like what are some things that you think that they need to do defensively um, to make sure that they come out on top? So dad, we'll, we'll start in the opposite direction. What do you, what do you think? Well, from last week to this week and knowing that I was probably going to, you know, they're going to take what Illinois did and, they're probably better at it than Illinois is. Right. Um, 
both lines need to play better. You know, it all starts up front, and this will lead into my communion projection. But um, <clears throat> uh, both lines need to. I thought that our offensive line, to me, you know, we're talking about you know the competition getting you know better as we keep going along here is not actually what I had hoped for in the beginning, but um, both lines need to play. If they can play better, I we're, I think we're golden in this one. As far as all the other positions go, I, I think we're fine. And the only other thing that concerns me versus that is we have a tendency to allow, apparently, you know, our defense is fine with, uh, you know, hitting a guy the first point of contact, and then um, the second guy comes up and creates a hit. I just think that we allow too many yards after the first initial contact. And maybe that's the way the defense is designed. You know, I'm not a defensive coordinator, so I don't know. But it just seems to me like I would rather stop them back there than allow these some of these to, to break free. And so. You had in the West Virginia game and you had in the Delaware game almost the exact same play where I don't know what was missed or whatever, but we have a run break for, you know, a long run, if not a touchdown and that. And so we can't allow that kind of a thing to happen. So we need to button it up, button it up in the middle. So, yeah, yeah, I think a, a lot of people would agree with you. It's uh, it's the lack of clean tackles, you know, that's kind of driving people mad because you've got like guys just straight up missing some tackles in certain cases. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen somebody get juked out harder than what Keaton Ellis experienced down near the goal line. I mean, he, he literally jumped in the wrong direction. <laughs> that guy uh, ran by him, but uh, you know, I, I guess everybody has that moment happen to him uh, once or twice. And um, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's really hard to kind of watch it as a, as a college football fan or just a football fan in general, because you watch all these other uh, programs, all these other teams just make these tackles and make it look easy. I mean, um, I don't know if any of you guys watched any of um, Colorado, Colorado state uh, because it was late at night, but those guys were tackling like they were wherever they met the defender. That's where they went down. And it just made me, made me envious because I'm like, why why are these Mountain West players able to do this, but we're not? So, oh, they were hitting to hurt each other on every. Oh, I know, day. I know. Were, yeah, those, those tackles were charged. Like, yeah, we won't. They got personal. It was personal. That's right. Yeah. Plus, plus the Dion's Dion probably breaking the practice rules for for non tackling and stuff like that. Mm. <laughs> they probably had more practice. Yeah. Uh, but all right. So now it's personal for us. We've got, we've got well, some beef. We've got some memories cooked up here. So mm-hmm. let's see. Yeah. Let's see some, uh, some emotional tackles out here. Yeah. We um, owe these guys. Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the prevailing thought here. Yeah. Uh, but Fred, what about you? Do you, uh, do you think what kinds of adjustments like, would you like to see Penn state make, I guess, especially offensively considering that that was the unit that really underperformed last week, uh, to kind of match up with, probably what's going to be a pressure filled Iowa defense. Yeah. You know, I, I think Bill, Bill hit the nail on the head. I, I don't know that. I don't know that you need a lot of adjustment. You, you just need to do better, right? You need, you need receivers. <laughs> to, you just need the receivers, not that they were there, right? There, there mm-hmm. were plays there. 
you need the receivers not to drop the ball. You need Alar to see the wide open receivers. And, you know, I think Bill alluded to it, right? They, they've got some great film to review this past week. Um, I can only hope that uh, they sort of take a lot away from that and, and fill some of those holes. And if they do, um, yeah, I, I think we'll be all right, right? Because a lot of the other things, you know, we're not turning the ball over. You don't have that problem. Yeah, like I said, like, I don't think Alar hasn't had a, an interception yet this season, has he? Not yet. I'm knocking on right? wood right now. Yep. That's yeah, real wood. So, <laughs> so, so we've got that kind of stuff together. Um, mm-hmm. So I think you patch up those other holes and, and we'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, you know, I do agree the, the line I was, I mean, he was up against sort of a beast. I don't remember the guy's name, but uh, Johnny Newton. Yeah. So, so, you know, Fashanu, is that, is that how you actually say his name? I heard it like three different ways, but yeah, um, you know, had, had a little more trouble up there than, than I would have liked to see from, you know, sort of the most promising guy there. Um, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully he takes away a lesson or two there as well. Yeah, and he had one but holding yeah. penalty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the one, I mean, the one that Drew had batted down, I mean, seemed like oh just got pushed back so far to the point yeah. where the guy just, all he had to do was jump up, and he was right there. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure I he's going to be able to I, better I was a little surprised, too. even though, like, like, like you said, I mean, it, 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 you know, it, it, it's not like, well, anyway, that guy, that guy's a beast, right? So I, I guess maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but I, I had hoped it would hold up a little bit better. Well, yeah, I mean, like, obviously the guy's a beast, but, you know, Penn State's been consistently recruiting offensive linemen to be right. just as equally, you know, beast-like on the field. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, exactly. it's not it's not that you expect to, like, win that battle, you know, like eight or nine times out of ten, but it'd be nice if you won, like, 50% of them. Yep. So, all right, Vince, uh, what about you? What are you looking for offensively? Offensively, I think it's going to be a, a big day for the tight ends. Mm-hmm. What I think I was going to try to do is uh, stop the run first and foremost. Um, I think you're, their biggest concern is Nick Singleton and Katron Allen and the rushing attack. And then outside of that, I think they're trying to prevent the the big play. So it almost makes me think of, uh, you know, the Jonathan Gannon style defense where they're just not trying to not let anything go over the top. You saw, you know, Keandre Lambert do that against uh, West Virginia. And in a night game, whiteout environment, that's going to really rile the crowd up and things can get out of hand really quickly. So I think they're going to be, you know, their DBs are going to be playing back front seven is going to be stopping the run. And I think that can really open up the, the middle of the field. So that's where I think Penn state is going to attack the most offensively. And I'm looking for them to do that maybe from the slot with uh Caden Saunders and uh, get some nice uh, yards after the catch plays. Good stuff. So uh, here's something that might throw a wrench into this. Um, it's expected to rain on Saturday, at least like right now there's like a decent chance of it. Um, how do you think that'll affect things offensively? Like, do you think then we won't see as much passing and we're just going to see some real just, you know, smash mouth football from both teams. Yeah, I think uh, the teams will still be trying to throw it uh, unless it's a, maybe more of a torrential downpour like Northwestern got pretty wet last year and it might be more of an old school kind of, uh, you know, grinded out game and you just both teams have 40 carries and, and that's might be what it uh, turns into. Um, and also, mm-hmm. I want to take credit for this because. When we did our season preview, I said there would be some wet weather in this game and things were going to happen. <laughs> so I called this weather 
over a month ago. So nice. AccuWeather, um, if you're looking to hire, just, yeah, I, I, I will, I, I will put out there that it hasn't happened yet. Uh, yeah, and and, and 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 the last home game, I heard all kinds of stuff about how it was going to rain all day long, and it didn't rain at all. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm, uh, I'm going to throw sunshine on your forecast here because yeah, that's right. that's it right. ain't going to rain on us all day. And if we get rain, I'll bet you it won't even be till the fourth quarter. So okay. you get, get right. your right. get your stuff done, and then it can start raining. I didn't hear during the the day it's supposed to be good, and then like in the more in yeah. the evening towards the game yes. time, they said you might need some uh, you know ponchos. Which uh, yeah. this is like a cool little Easter egg that I found today. Actually, if you have the AccuWeather app and you go to State College for the daily weather and you look at the nighttime weather for Saturday night, it specifically says you might need a raincoat if you're going to the whiteout game. Yeah, yes, that's right what I love app. about it. Like every time I check my weather, it has something to do with like, oh, it's a great day for tailgating. Yeah. Or, great day, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every well, time I love it. <laughs> this is the part that's weird is because everybody has their own algorithm as far as how this goes. You go to the weather channel and they're they're chance of precipitation is almost nothing like right when accuweather like five days ago was predicting 85 percent accu or uh the weather channel was 12 like it's yeah. it's all in the how they actually do the thing we're fine we're fine we're fine bring your raincoat but we don't need it algorithm it's like two percent chance man yeah <laughs> we're fine i just don't want it raining when we set up and when we tear down yeah, exactly. Yeah. It sucks that the stuff is it sucks the stuff is wet, but I just don't want it raining when we get there and when Fred and I no longer have any cover and we have to put the crap back. That's in. right. That, that, that's where we're at now. We don't even care what the weather is for the game. It's far more important. It's nice for the tailgate. Far more important. Yeah. Which I think is totally fair. But so this group this group is not afraid to attach some superstition when it comes to sports. So here's here's a little something for you. The last time that Iowa was involved in a whiteout game was 2009 where yep. it rained Ugh. and rained and rained and rained poured like cats and, and dogs and, and everything else you can think of. So now obviously we're, we're, you know, hopeful that that isn't going to happen and that, you know, if any rain comes, it's going to be late in the game, but little, you know, is, is any part of your superstitious fan brain worried that, I was coming for another <clears throat> night game whiteout, and there's some chance of rain in the forecast. Absolutely. The reason being is because <laughs> Jenny and on, James. Yes, I'm bringing the, 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 in the beginning in the first game of the season. I brought my cousin from Arizona. This weekend, we're bringing the SEC up north. My cousin Jenny. She was at that game with me, and she has a history of. Wherever she goes, it rains. However, the, the forecast has improved. I, she's got that was that was <laughs> years ago. That was years ago. I think she's over that. You know, as far as having that kind of power. Well, she is um, because she was also there for the quad overtime victory over Michigan. Right, she didn't rain at all. Exactly, she was up there sitting right <laughs> next to me for that. So, so I'm fine with that. But it is funny that yes. She was on the bus. She destroyed the only cheap raincoat that she had. I fashioned a poncho out of a, a garbage bag that she wore for the whole day. When we're sitting in the stands, it was water was coming down the, st the down the stands like a waterfall. Like your, our feet were in like 
three inches of water as it's pouring down there. Yes, it was awful. And we lost. <laughs> and Penn State <laughs> lost that game, and they were ranked number five at the time. So Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're seven now, so that's yeah, we're good. Yeah, so a totally, totally different scenario now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not top five. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, so, um, cool. Um, do you expect Penn State to have a bunch of turnovers again this week? Uh, just for reference, Cade McNamara last week against Western Michigan through three interceptions. So, Fred, do uh, you expect another five turnover game? I don't know about five. But, uh, <laughs> what, you're thinking I, six, I, seven? No, no, <laughs> no. I, I'll do, not I'll five, have, not six, not seven, not eight. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just hope for two or three against our zero again, right? So. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. Vince, what about you? We're always big on the turnovers here. Uh, what do you expect? I'm expecting about uh, two or three as well. All right. Any predictions as to like where they're going to come from? I think both of them will be be in the air interceptions, and I think yeah. uh, good chance to see some later in the game if you know Penn State gets a lead and then uh, Iowa has is forced to throw the ball. Then I think uh, good things are going to really happen, and it could get out. And of it's hand. raining, you know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I mean, this isn't really like you know, kind of like a question more so than it is just an update, but. Ference today did mention that uh, some of their top playmakers are going to be out for this upcoming game. Um, their top tight end, Luke Lachey, who's also their type uh, top receiver, is out. Um, there's a chance he's actually out for the season because he sustained a lower leg injury against Western Michigan. They're also um, not going to be, or they're going to be without their top two running backs in uh, Caleb Johnson and Jazzy and Patterson. Um, and so they're down to their third string running back um, from the start of the season, uh, LaShawn Williams. And I mean, you know, on paper, like that sounds great, but like this guy's no joke. He, I mean, he, he rushed for like nearly 10 yards of carry. carry. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, so, I mean, he, he had a big day against uh, Western Michigan. I mean, obviously Penn state's a different, you know, different level defensively than Western Michigan, but the guys, the guys no slouch. So, you know, I think that I think Iowa is going to be doing everything in their power to turn this into like the ugliest game possible because <laughs> that's how they've beaten us in the past. And like, if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. Although Brian Ferentz is like is on a like freaking mission to try and score as many points as possible to save his job. So who the heck knows what's going to happen? That's because he has to average twenty five. That's why they ran the score up. I know. So that his season well, he- average comes out to twenty five. Yeah, he uh, and there's a there's a total there's a point total for the entire season so that he hits that average. So exactly, they, they ran the score up like crazy against Western Michigan. They had their fourth exactly. string running back scoring touchdowns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, all right, let's get into some communion predictions. So, uh, Vince, why don't you start us off here and uh, hit us with your communion prediction for this game against Iowa? All right, for my communion prediction, I predict. Tyler Warren has over 100 receiving yards. Ooh, that's a nice one. I like it. You're all about your tight ends. Yep, that's my favorite position in football. <laughs> all right, very good. So, all right, Fred, uh, community prediction, what do you got? Well, despite, despite uh, you know, Vince's true statement that 
you know, Iowa will obviously be doing their best to, to stop our running backs. Pretty much every team this year is probably doing that, right? That's first and foremost. Uh, Singleton will have two TDs, one of them on special teams. Ooh. Ooh. All right. Are you thinking like uh, opening kick return touchdown like Saquon? Well, I don't think I'm going to pin, pin myself down to an opening touchdown return. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, jeez. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, Dad, what about you? Your prediction. Okay. So as of right now, I, I read that the D-line basically has 0.5 sacks on the year, so half a sack. Okay. At the end of this game, the D-line will be at 3.0 sacks, and one of your turnovers is going to come from one of those sacks. Cool. So I mean, obviously, we're not we're not trying to put any additional requirements on said communion prediction. But you got any uh, fun thoughts on who the strip sack is going to come from? No. All right. So you're just leaving it open. All right. <laughs> yeah. I don't care who it comes from. I mean, we need at least a three percent chance these things come true, Andrew. You're gonna, you know. Well, these are like the a la carte, like sprinkles. They don't cost anything uh, extra. Oh, it's yeah, just, <laughs> just a little extra flavor. <laughs> so, all right, my... then, then, then Carter. Great. All right. <laughs> <laughs> just take the biggest target on the on the dartboard and throw at it. Cool. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, my communion prediction is similar to Vince's. It involves a tight end because I think that um, they are going to be pretty involved in this game, especially um, you know as Penn State's going to look to establish the run. I mean, we've seen Tyler Warren really involved in the running game uh, so far this season, so I have no reason to think that it's going to change for this game. Uh, so I expect both of who I'm calling are tight end ones uh, to have touchdowns in this game. I think Theo and Tyler both come away from this game with one. Careful. Well, that'd someone be good. Else, someone else made that prediction a couple of games ago. It did not come true. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, Theo needs to get involved in this whole offense here. Yep. His time will come. You know, I'm not like at this point. I'm not. I'm not worried about like not having seen anything because yeah. it, you know it's just like one week can change things so quickly. Because it was like the first week everybody was like, Oh my God, like, why are we going away from the tight ends? Like, why didn't we get the tight right. ends involved? And then the very next week it was like nothing but the tight ends. So. Mm -hmm. Do you think um, it's all by design? Yes. Like, like basically we haven't opened up our whole playbook and we're just like using yes. as much of it as we think we need to do. Yes. <laughs> because like, there's no, right, there's why no did reason. you tell me that? Then that would, <laughs> that, that would help out my communion prediction. Well, I did. Didn't you listen uh, to our, our recap a couple weeks ago? <laughs> well, I did, but I forgot about that. Part. Yeah. No. But yeah, I mean, it's like why why show like everything that we have in store for for Delaware? Yeah. You know. Well, I, I get that, but I meant against Illinois. If we're yeah. this offensive thing, why didn't we just freaking blow the doors off? Well, I mean, because it's like we, if you because we can't, can't. Do the basic, yeah, it's like if you can't do the basic things in a game like that, you know, you can't can't exactly get too fancy. Because I mean, like Malik McLean dropped two that literally hit him in the hands and yeah. got yanked for Caden the rest of the game. The worst place possible, right in the hands. Yeah, Gus <laughs> <laughs> Johnson. Yeah. Um. So, all right, 
We got the community predictions down. Let's go to final score. Or actually, in addition to the final score, uh, do you think that Penn State will cover? Which, I mean, I guess is kind of one and the same because we'll know once you give your score prediction. But Penn State's favored at 14 and a half right now. Uh, the over-under on points right now is set at 40, I believe. Uh, Vince, you can correct me if I'm wrong there. But, um, 40 and a half. 40 and a half. All right, cool. <laughs> Uh, so do we expect this to be a low scoring affair? Uh, what do we think that the final score is going to look like? And are we all unanimous in thinking that Penn state will win? So Fred, uh, I'll start with you, put the spotlight on you. (laughs) What is Uh, the final score? I I think we will win, but for the first week, I'm going to say we don't, we don't cover the spread anyway. We we will, Mm -hmm. we'll do the over. It's going to be 27, 17. Okay. Dad. Oh, ye of little faith. Take the over. <laughs> take the over and we cover. 37 to 20. Isn't it funny? Like, Bill and I literally have flipped places here. I think Bill had him not we're, covering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to open up the playbook and we're going to lay the wood to these guys. All right. Cool. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, like, whenever somebody's, like, pessimistic on their on the show, they always, always – have to like add the caveat of like, well, I hope I'm wrong here. I would love to be wrong. <laughs> it's not like I have us losing. We're going to win. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, you can go next. All right, cool. Uh, so I have, I also have the over on points. Uh, I also don't think that we are going to cover. Uh, I got Penn state 28 to 17. Andrew and I are in a battle. <laughs> yeah. I think because it's like I think this is going to be one of those situations where it's it's going to be low scoring because it's just going to be ugly football at times. Like I think we'll see at least one quarter where neither team scores any points. So I think this is going to be a pretty low scoring affair relative to what we've seen, you know, at least in the first two weeks. So Vince, what do you got? So so this is interesting. Um, I I think I'm going to make this another communion prediction. So uh, for my communion prediction, I think Penn State doubles covering the spread for my final score in a revenge game. It's personal. I got Penn State 45, Iowa 16. Wow. Okay. Nice. You guys are so pessimistic. Come on, guys. Yeah. 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 Oh my wow. God. You, you all made fun of me last week when I had uh, – us beating Illinois 31 17 and it was like 30 13. I was very close. Yeah. Vince, I, I think, I think we just like subconsciously were like, we got to kind of up the levels of pessimism on our end so that you can just kind of balance that out with more optimism on yours because, uh, it's a rare occurrence, but it's always, it's always, um, exciting when it happens, uh, when you're it is, like, yeah, I'm usually, enthusiastic I- like this. I'm usually the downer guy, but I, I got a good feeling about this game. Uh, just yeah. the revenge factor, karma, like just the universe. I, I feel like it's going to be good. I think Penn State made a lot of mistakes last week, and I think that uh, Coach Coach is going to do a good job of holding them accountable. Um, he made a bet with like some reporter, and he was wrong on like a statistic or something. So he did like five push-ups in, in the middle of his – press conference talking about, you know, him being accountable and stuff and how it's a you know thing in the culture. So yeah, he's doing his press conference today and just, he goes under the table and does his five push ups and hops back in. So, you know, I like that. Um, you know, I know we 
were very hard on the team after the the Illinois game. But you know, I I think with the culture and character the the team has, I think they're going to bounce back and play uh play up to their potential for uh you know the whiteout and you know they always seem to i think they'll feed off the energy of the crowd i think the defensive line will do a little better so uh really really looking forward to it i think it's going to be a big win for the nitty lines sweet yeah this level of optimism is like seeing a double rainbow vince this is awesome you get it like once a year out of me <laughs> well it's, it's, it's always- deep fryer day nothing can go wrong yeah it's <laughs> night night game whiteout deep fryer like full day of tailgating it's like mm-hmm. Vince's Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the only downside uh, is you need that rain in order to get the double rainbow, which is not going to happen. So. That's <laughs> another communion prediction. We get a double <laughs> rainbow. We're called a unicorn. <laughs> All right. There you go. <laughs> uh, so it is a full day of tailgating. Uh, Vince uh, already mentioned this, but it's deep fryer day. What's uh, what's going in said deep fryer? What's on the menu? It's a long list. Uh, <laughs> well, when you've got nearly 12 hours of tailgating to supply. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, I, I, I'll, I'll say what I'm bringing and then Bill can, uh, take up the rest of the list. So of course, wings, uh, I think the, the last, well, every single time we brought the deep fryer, I think I did wings three different ways, but we're up in it. We're doing four different ways this time. Aztec. So we're, we're gonna no, no if I knew the recipe for those damn things it would. <laughs> but uh Buffalo, sweet heat, garlic parm, and either teriyaki or barbecue, we'll see. I, I usually do barbecue, but Chris Chris has brought up doing the like an Asian flared one a couple of times. So maybe teriyaki. And then oh, nice. um uh, got some uh cheesesteak egg rolls, impossible nuggets, mainly for my wife, but they taste like chicken. So oh, yeah. when, I just, when I just throw them on the buffet, people, everybody takes them. They think they're just regular nuggets. <laughs> so, um, Are chicken nuggets real nuggets, though? Well, you know, that's the thing. Once <laughs> you grind the chicken up, you can't really tell what exactly it is. But So they've gotten the taste down enough that it, you can't tell the difference anymore. Uh, bacon and hot dogs. I think I might bring some French toast sticks just for fun in the morning to compliment yeah, nice. the, the other thing that bill will be making uh mm-hmm. i think that's yeah i think that's all i'm bringing well that's a heck of a segue for the for the deep <laughs> fryer but, but bill's got more stuff for the deep fryer. yeah so. oh yeah well because i always do the donuts so i'll bring all this stuff for the for the donuts um cinnamon sugar and you know powdered powdered sugar donuts um i'm picking up uh, uh beer battered onion rings mozzarella sticks um obviously we're making uh fresh cut french fries so i'm bringing whole potatoes we're gonna actually cut the french fries there to make it's an eight pound bag so we got a ton of french fries to make (laughs) we can make them however you want i think a bunch of them we should make with just old bay on them stuff yep yep um wrap fries that's right yeah um so we got a ton of that obviously tandy cake um, we already ascertained that Andrew's going to make onion dip, yep. um, you know, along with, you know, a cu- couple little odds and ends here and there, you know, my niece Danica's coming. And so we're going to throw in like uh, homemade, uh, dill pickles and stuff for her and stuff. And so, yeah, we have, we have plenty well, of food. Well, and then, and then Bill's forgetting he's bringing something in a crock pot. At least that's what I was told. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I forgot. Right. Uh, 
instead of you usually deep fry the pierogies, but so we thought this time we're actually going to cook the pierogies. So we're going to have a huge crock pot of pierogies with uh, butter and onions. Mm -hmm. And then I've I've asked to ba to balance all this out. I have at least suggested. <laughs> I have suggested to Mike and Tom, although we don't enforce rules, so I don't know if it'll happen. But I have suggested that maybe they bring like you know like a veggie tray of fruit. I was going to say like a giant salad. <laughs> something yeah, something to cut all the fat. But yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it would be nice if they brought like blue cheese. All right, you know I can suggest. Yeah, that's great with well. the salad. Yeah, that's right. So what about? Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't do blue cheese. I'd prefer ranch personally. Oh, so do All I. All right. We'll, <laughs> we'll do we'll we'll do both. All right. I get it. I got it. So, <laughs> oh so we also we also have some uh some new trails that we gotta pack into everyone's cooler since we're gonna be bringing about fifteen different coolers. Uh we've got the uh state light and we've got the whiteout. So has everybody here tried both of them? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I've, I think I've had them. They're winners. They're good. Yeah. And you gotta you gotta try them. I know I'm I know not, uh, an IPA a, is not your thing, but you gotta you gotta try it. Uh, it's, it's for it's for it's for the Nittany Lions, man. You gotta do it. I, I'm Jinxus. I'm a creature of habit. Uh, I, I stuck to summer shandy the first two weeks, um, and then um, dry, I switched it up. I drank some uh, Sam Adams Porch Rockers against Illinois. They didn't play as good, so. I bought some more summer well, shandy. Thankfully, there was some more. You can more still find them. Giant, yeah, I found some at giant. Okay, it's so. Starting to fall now. Come on. Yeah, so it's it's turning, but you know September. Uh, I think it's still summer shandy weather. But then once it's October, I gotta switch over to the the, the pumpkin ales. So um, enjoying the last summer shandy season before I, I make that transition over. <laughs> I'll have my usual slate of various IP. I drink nothing but IPAs now for the most part. Well, I, I do the shandies in the summer, in the summer when it's actually warm, you know, first game or two. But other than that, it's all IPAs. But I do have to pick up. I have to pick up because my daughter, Nicole, and her boyfriend are coming. I have to pick up Corona for him. And, of course, I let, let everybody take a guess what, what my daughter wants. White Come call. on. White call. You, right oh, out of the okay. gate. Ding, ding, right ding, out ding. of the gate. <laughs> my guess was going to be the high noons. Those things are dangerous. Well, you know, similar, same vein, but no, White Claw's her, you know, choice. Mm -hmm. It's always White Claw. But Corona, Corona's an interesting choice. Uh, does he, is his favorite movie, uh, The Fast and the Furious? He just like takes I, after I, Dom Toretto. He's like, I, can't I drink anything but Corona. I, to be honest, I think it's a recent trend. I've seen him drink all kinds of stuff, but, but uh -huh. I asked, I asked Nicole, mm -hmm. what's he want? And she said, he seems to have gone exclusively Corona now. We can, interrogate, we, him, we can interrogate him at the game. I All probably right. will get a lime. I, I don't know. I don't know if he requires a lime. I personally, if I'm drinking Corona, really want my lime. But Yeah, I agree. I agree. Same. Need, it. Need the citrus. That's why summer shandy is so great. That, that's true. You know, <laughs> it basically makes the Corona summer shandy at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I said I had one thing I was saying about having an addition to the oh. you know, oh, yeah. or whatever. Uh -huh. Okay. Well, when we do the communions and stuff and it's just like, yeah, come here, you know, first ones at this time and, and every hour on the hour. Okay. Well, I made a, uh, I couldn't figure out how to do it that I wanted something that we could alter from week to week, depending on what it was and not make something standard. So 
uh, I made us a chalkboard and it's got magnets on it. It will stick right on the end of the of the canopy on it. And so we can write on there what the times the times for communion throughout the whole day are, what last one or whatever. We write on with chalk, clean it off. Cool. You know, speaking, of, speaking of which, I have a contribution to the improvement of communion as well. That that uh, some other tailgater uh, helped us out with to drown out the West Virginians. <laughs> but I figured I figured it, it could get pretty big this week, so I went. I, I bought this like really cheap uh, megaphone on Amazon. So. <laughs> yes, so Vince and the, the nice. Pope can be heard. Yeah, love it. This will be awesome. Yeah, there you go. We're always that, as you know, Bill and I are always incremental for something. That's right. <laughs> Continuous improvement. Yeah, sometime that we don't have enough space to pack like a PA system into the RV to Not bring yet. like an actual. <laughs> I had to have the guy. Uh, I, I went, you know, we, we went through quite a bit of fireball. Uh, so I was we were running low. I was down to like down to like three handles which won't be enough for this coming weekend. So nope. I to, we I need at least li- five. Yeah. I went to the liquor store and there were, there were like, there were like three handles on the shelf. So I grabbed those. And I was like, oh, I guess that's all I got. That's what I'll get. And I went up and I just, for the heck of it, I, I asked the guy at the register, I was like, hey, you got any more of this stuff in the back? And he came out with a, with a case of six. And he's like, well, how many of these you need? And I was just like, just give me the case. I'm out of here. <laughs> so, so actually, I told you, Bill, we have 12, but I found another one. We're still in the van. So we're at 13 handles now. So, All right. We're good. Oh, hopefully it's enough. Games. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't doubt, you know, given the West Virginia game, we could easily, well, we easily do five, but maybe six this, this coming weekend. So, Well, we cut us one short because we were afraid that things were going to get out of hand. That, oh, that's off. true. I didn't even think about that. We started conserving. <laughs> so it could be six easy. Yeah, at least five. I, I think it's – we might polish five. Okay, well, according to Andrew, if everybody's going to be angry and personal, you know, it might, might go through more. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Perhaps. <clears throat> I might even have to bring the last of my limoncello so we could polish that. <laughs> Ooh. Well, I, 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 man – this this weekend's gonna be trouble because you sent me you sent me a, you sent me a picture of something else you're bringing too evidently so oh that's yeah. right the uh, apple cider margaritas apple yeah. cider margaritas too it's fall yeah, so I set, love it and the and the yeah. usual bloody mary so it's just you know. yes as is as is customary but yes it it is personal man I I still hurt from 2008 when those guys beat <laughs> Daryl Clark and crew when. Penn State was ranked number three. I remember watching that in my grandparents' living room and just feeling heartache for like two weeks straight because of that damn field goal. So yeah, yes, it, is, it is personal. <laughs> and, and it's a rivalry too. Uh, I think it's one of Penn State's underrated, underrated rivalries and we're only leading 17 to 14 in the series. So uh, Ooh, yeah, that's an interesting yeah. tidbit. I was just going to say it is amazing how the Big Ten did their whole things like protected games. You would have thought that that was one that they actually would have done. Yeah. 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 Can it be for stadium to like the best like night game atmospheres in college football? Things that's, happen. That's there. the best because I don't like playing at Kinnick, so that's fine. They're not protected. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. So, all right. I think we can call this one a pod here. Uh, we've gone over a bunch of stuff. So uh, just looking forward to tailgating with you guys for the first time all season. It's going to be a blast. 
I have to say, though, one more thing that you just said that about the Iowa tailgate. It's funny that I, you know, our deep fire game is Iowa because basically the key mark of the Iowa State Fair is everything deep fried. That's true. <laughs> How do we not have Twinkies on the list? Dang it. Oh, we should do <laughs> Oreos. <laughs> I could grab the Twinkies. It's not too late. We can just send Bailey. We got the problem. We got too much stuff. Well, and all that Iowa State Fair stuff, you got to batter it. You got to batter the Oreos. Got to batter the Twinkies. That gets that gets messy. Right. Exactly. It does. It screws up the fryer. All kinds of batter in the fryer oil. It's it's Mm -hmm. rough. Although one of these times I want to do corn dogs. I like a corn. Oh, those we can just do. Uh, I actually thought it was well. You know why I didn't put those on my list is because I have the regular hot dogs already. But that's fine. That, that'd be yeah, fine. You can just do the frozen corn dogs and not make a mess. We've done those. <laughs> it's been years yeah. ago, but years ago I had little mini corn dogs. But yeah, there should be enough food this weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd say so. So, all right. Any last uh, things you guys want to shout out here before we wrap up? Just thanks again as always for your time here. Well, sure. Thank you, guys. Nope, we're good. All right, go state. As always, you can check out our website at nittanyblues.com, all merch at shop.nittanyblues.com. But Vince, uh, how can folks uh, find us? If you would like to support the pod, please uh, tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you enjoy the pod, please leave a five-star review so that other Nittany Lion fans like you can find us. Interested in new episodes? You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or other streaming platforms to be notified. Thank you for listening, and we want to remind you that we are the Nittany Blues Podcast. We'll see you next time.